What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's J-M-I-E, your 222nd favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today, we're wiping that smart off your faces. That's right. We're going into the Pro Wrestling Theme Podcast, brought to you by the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, we like to talk about the wrestling news. Um, unfortunately, we're starting off with some somber news at the passing of Scott Hall. Scott Oliver Hall has been wrestling since the 70s. Um, he is wrestled in the AWA where he held the AWA tag team titles with Kurt Henning. He is known for his stint in the WWF and WWE, uh, first as Razor Ramon from 92 on, where he has held the Intercontinental Championship uh, seven times and had two ladder matches against Shawn Michaels, one of them being one of the best ladder matches of all time. Um, he is renowned as being one of the best Intercontinental Champions there ever was. He then jumped to WCW with uh, Kevin Nash, his partner in crime, as they became the Outsiders. He was the first band, the first big name, really, to jump during the Monday Night Wars, and it set off a whirlwind for WCW where they ended up beating Raw in the ratings for 86 straight weeks. A big portion of that was due to the NWO and subsequently due to Scott Hall being a part of it. Um, he has held the WCW television title. He's held the UN 96 title twice. He held the tag team titles seven times in WCW. Scott Hall, um, growing up, I remember watching the WWF back in the day, and I thought Scott Hall was just the coolest man on the planet. If you don't know the story of the Razor Ramon character, basically everything from Razor Ramon was ripped off from Scarface. Tony Montana was the the genesis uh, f for the entire character. Basically, Scott Hall would just take lines from the movie, take the way he talked, his his swagger, his persona, and he just made the Razor Ramon character. And Vince McMahon had never seen the movie Scarface, so the entire time he just thought that Scott Hall was a genius coming up with this stuff on the fly and on the regular Scott Hall laughs about it and says, you know, he was just ripping off a movie, and because Vince had never seen the movie, he didn't know anything about it. He just thought that he was just being this creative genius. But I remember watching Scott Hall or, or Razor Ramon, and I remember, you know, the matches with Sean and the matches with the one, two, three kid, and just again, he had the gold chain, the slick back, uh, wet hair. You know, he he drove the Cadillac. He had that that swagger about him. He was just cool. He he oozed machismo, as they love to say. He had a, a swagger that was just insane. Scott Hall was an amazing, amazing character in that. And then jumping to WCW when he did, when he went by his name again as Scott Hall, they changed wrestling. Uh, him and Kevin Nash changed the sport of wrestling. They made it more popular. They also made it to where people get paid more, guaranteed contracts and so on. So if you're a professional wrestler today and you're in one of the bigger leagues, you have you have him to thank for you know being able to make the money that you're making, the guaranteed contracts, the guaranteed downsides, and all that, because that wasn't a thing before Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came along. Scott Hall was one of the you know main ones who started that, and so you know every professional wrestler should be grateful to him for that. But as an in-ring performer, he was just fantastic. He was a big guy who wasn't the biggest guy. You know, he he wasn't like you know the size of Kevin Nash or the Giant or anything. He wasn't seven feet tall, but he was six 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 seven. He was you know three hundred pounds. He could move. The razor's edge was just a 
badass move that looked so cool when he did it. He just had the it factor. He really did. Uh, it took him a while, you know, from the AWA and even his few stints in WCW as, you know, the Diamond Stud and stuff to actually get the job and actually to hone the craft and become who he is. But, you know, people will say that Scott Hall helped them a lot. Now, there there are times when Scott Hall wasn't the nicest guy. He was plagued by uh, alcohol. He was plagued by demons, addictions, drugs, you know, so on. There are times when people said he was a bully. Um, that, you know, there's while there's no room for that, a lot of it, I think, was him ribbing people and, you know, people just taking it too much because he went too far. I'm not trying to put a hamper on his name. I just know some of the stuff that's come up uh, in the past and some of the stuff that's being said now. But most of everybody said, you know, he got his, when he started getting his life together, he would help them out in any way possible. He would help them, you know, hone their craft, talk. And he was one of the best on the mic is just being able to draw a crowd and draw a heat. His surveys in WCW, you know, only got one more for the good guys of the NWO. And his Hall of Fame speech probably has one of the best um, lines quoted from it. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. I mean, that, that's one of the best lines, you know, from any quote in uh, the Hall of Fame that's been done. Also, he he had that instantaneous opening that everyone know. Hey, yo, when he said that, you know who it was. If you were in another room or whatever, you knew who that was. And, you know, Scott Hall passed away recently. Um, he fell and broke his hip, and he had surgery to repair it. Ended up having complications from that and was taken off life support and has tragically passed away. You know, um, I send my prayers, my condolences to not only his kids, not only his ex-wife, all of his family, but his friends, everybody in the wrestling business. You know, Shawn Michaels, Hunter, uh, Kevin Nash, and Sean Waltman were probably the four biggest friends he had in the business, and I can't imagine what they're going through. The people like Dallas Page and people who've helped him, I can't imagine what any of them are going through because I know it's sad for me to see one of my childhood favorites pass on and not be here anymore. And when I when I found out he passed, it, it did hit me. It hit me hard um, because, again, he was one of my favorite growing up. I always loved Scott Hall. Just his entire presentation, just it, it pulled you in. You know, you gravitated towards Scott Hall or Razor Ramon or whatever. And for him to go at 63 years old is it's tragic the way he went, especially when he had just got started getting his life together. You know, he had been sober for a while. He had been gotten in better shape and been healthier. Um, so again, my heart, my prayers, my condolences go out to his family and his friends and everybody in the pro wrestling community, uh, fans, promoters, you know, refs, backstage people, whatever that knew him, um, you know, he was a big part of all of us. He influenced a lot of us. And, again, he had some amazing matches with some amazing people. And he made people look better as they went along. So, rest in peace, Scott Hall. Um, we're sad to see you go. But, you know, it's, it, 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 it is what it is. Um, moving on to some other news, some big news in the world of AEW. Uh, Tony Khan, a few weeks ago, had been teasing a huge announcement. Now, Tony Khan has an issue that Dixie Carter had in TNA. Tony Khan likes to say that there's these. Uh, he has a surprise coming that's going to change wrestling. 
I always had an issue when Dixie did, and I'm starting to have an issue when Tony does it. Because Tony does it, and to him, it is a big deal. And sometimes he produces a little bit more than what Dixie does. But it seems that Tony Khan does this to try to draw people in. I know why he's doing it. But when you keep saying this is going to you know, change wrestling or, or change the face of wrestling or redefine wrestling or whatever it is, you've got to be able to bring something that does that. Otherwise, people start getting jaded on you saying it. That was the issue here. People, you know, he, he had said that it would, if it, when it came through, if it went through, that it was going to be, you know, probably one of the biggest things that's happened in wrestling in a long time. Um, it's going to change the way wrestling is today. People immediately started speculating. Um, rumors of him doing a deal with Time Warner and HBO Max to produce or show AEW content um, was the big one of the big rumors. And that apparently is in the works. They are working on a deal to put AEW's back catalogs of Dynamites and Rampages and pay-per-views on HBO Max, which it's cool. It's, it's a great move. Warner helping them anyway. Warner has a streaming service. Add that to it. It's something that can bring wrestling fans to Warner and HBO Max and possibly give them uh, you know, a boost in their HBO Max subscriptions. Um there was other rumors that Shane McMahon was coming in or that it was a talent signing, you know, possibly a Bray Wyatt or something. Uh, he said straight up it's not a talent signing. So that went out the window. But people were like, well, he's, he might just be saying that to kind of, uh, you know, throw things away or kind of scoot, you know, scoot past or make you basically swerve you and, di- you know, divert you from what it really is going to be. Uh, one of the other big rumors was that he had actually purchased Ring of Honor which Ring of Honor had just, um, this past December, ran its last pay-per-view. They were taking a hiatus until the end of April when they were going to bring back. Basically, they were restructuring everything. They had released uh, everybody who was under contract for multiple years was going to be paid up until March. Uh, the ones that were ending in 2021 were going to be released at in December. But at any point, they could go to people and say, hey, look, you know, I want out. And they would release them. They could work anywhere they wanted. They had their blessings. So it was, it was a lot of, you know, free agents that came about. I mean, we have a bunch of um, Ring of Honor people that have been working in the Impacts, doing Impact tapings, helping Impact in their pay-per-views and matches and stuff like that. So then the day comes, and Tony Khan comes out, and Tony Khan is super excited. You can tell he's like a kid in a candy store. And he announces that he is the new owner of Ring of Honor. Now, Ring of Honor, if you're listening to this, you should know what Ring of Honor is. If you don't know what Ring of Honor is, ROH, Ring of Honor, was started from the ashes of what ECW was. And what I mean by that is when WWE bought WCW and ECW in uh, the early 2000s, there was a void left over. There was a lot of talent out there that had nowhere to go. You know, ECW was the mid-major out there. And so we, while TNA was uh, getting started... Ring of Honor came along out of South Philly, and Ring of Honor was the place where they were going to have classic wrestling. You started with a handshake. They produced some of the best talent in professional wrestling today. I mean, the likes of Daniel Bryan has come from there, CM Punk, AJ Styles, uh, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels. You had Nigel McGuinness who was running through there. They had Japanese talent, but you've had the Briscoes that ran through there. The Young Bucks, you know, got their big name there. Pretty much any of the talents you see, the Adam Coles, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's, Bobby Fish's, anything like that, had their stay in Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor has a rich history 
of professional wrestling and fantastic matches. They've went through different bookers. Corey uh, Silkins was on it, and Jim Cornette's done it. And then they sold to Sinclair Broadcasting. Sinclair Broadcasting, a billion-dollar company, owned Ring of Honor for about a decade, I think it's been. And they... I never understood Sinclair. Sinclair had the money, they had the production, and they had the wherewithal and TV stations to put Ring of Honor and make it a major promotion. But it seemed like Ring of Honor was making money. It was doing its thing. You know, it was drawing 2,000 people and such to events. And it seems like Sinclair was like, okay, it's its own little entity. We're going to let it do that. It was running itself. We don't want to put anything into it. But you had the opportunity to do what AEW did. You had the opportunity to make it a major promotion rivaling what WWE was doing and taking over what Impact had done when Impact was the number two promotion. You had that chance, and especially at the point when you had your uh, partnership with New Japan and you had Kenny Omega, you had the Young you had AEW, pretty much all their base stars in your promotion. And for some reason, Sinclair didn't want to do it. They didn't want to put the money. They didn't want to. They didn't want to put the time into it to make it what it was. So when they went out of business, I know when AEW started, a lot of the big talent that drew Ring of Honor into these big arenas, the ones that helped sell out Madison Square Garden, um, they were gone. And Ring of Honor has been trying to rebuild since then. And then COVID hit, and it fucked Ring of Honor up. Ring of Honor got fucked by COVID because they were. You know, in states that weren't allowing fans even well after a lot of places were. They, you know, their TV wasn't, didn't have anybody there. And it is, again, hard to watch professional wrestling with no fans. It is just, it's really hard to do. No noise or anything, it's difficult to do. Ring of Honor tried to revamp the pure division, where basically the pure division is, it's pure wrestling. Um, You get a certain number of breaks from the ropes. Uh, You get a certain number of uh, punches you're allowed before you, you know, and it's it can be done right. The way they were doing it kind of wasn't working the way they want, especially in front of no fans. It's hard to get that style of wrestling to the mainstream with no backing behind it. It did have some of the best talent out there. Vincent's a great character, a Charles Manson cult leader type character. PCO is just insane to be in the fifth in his fifties. He's a crazy ass character. He's like a Frankenstein type character doing crazy stuff for a man that his age. You had Jonathan Gresham, which is probably one of the pure best professional wrestlers on the planet. He is fantastic at what he does. You had Mike Bennett. You had, you know, uh, all these talents that were in Ring of Honor. You had the one of the best tag teams in the Briscoes who have been there forever. And now Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. Now, some people have are arguing that Ring of Honor's being purchased, it was a bad move by... Tony Khan. Tony Khan, I think, spent from what they said, thirty or forty million dollars to purchase Ring of Honor from Sinclair. And people are like, that is insane. Considering what Vince McMahon paid to buy WCW, who was a much bigger company than Ring of Honor, on the basis, yes, it is. However, what came with Ring of Honor is the library of Ring of Honor. The library is WWE wanted the library. They've been trying to buy the library. For the network, Ring of Honor has the library because, again, some of the biggest stars are there. You have talent from all over the world and for multiple years that have made up the Ring of Honor, you know, library and the matches that they have. And so buying that and having that library in and of itself is a, a big purchase. Is it worth 30 or $40 million? I, I'm not going to say that. 
But what he also got with that is the talent that come with Ring of Honor. He's got an established brand in Ring of Honor and established stars. So basically with the two talents and the two companies combined, Ring of Honor can be put on another network somewhere, run its own entity, be run in and of itself, and you could have AEW stars that you're not using at the moment move and work there. Um, maybe ones like Ricky Starks or Powerhouse Hobbs or even the Brian Cages, stuff like that. Who People who have who you have under contract that maybe aren't being used to the best of their ability on the major because you have so many people under contract and you only have a limited number of hours of TV a week. So you can move them to Ring of Honor. Some of them help develop skills. You have, you know, talents there to help develop the skills. Um, as long as you can get the people with Ring of Honor, you know, the, the a right booker, the right people working with the talent to help develop them, it can basically be AEW's version of NXT if he wants to go that route. It, it really, really can. Now, they're, from what everybody's saying, that AEW's uh, owner, Tony Khan, who is the main booker for AEW, also wants to book Ring of Honor. I think it's a bad choice. You have him working with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's working with his uh, soccer club and him doing AEW. His plate's full. Now, I know the guy is very intelligent. He's very smart. He's very business-oriented, and he loves professional wrestling. So doing all this, he I can understand him wanting to, to run that aspect. But you have so much talent on your AEW roster and other talent out there that you can get to help run and book uh, Ring of Honor to help bring it along, help build it up, help make it a second brand, quote-unquote, I guess, for you. But, you know, that, that that's, where, that's the route I would go. You can be the financer, you can be the fine, and you can even do what Vince McMahon doesn't have final say in it. That's fine. You can have final say in the booking process, but I wouldn't book myself. Hire someone who knows the business, who you trust, let them book it, let them run angles by you, let it run by you, and you do the final yes or no. Be the Vince McMahon of this. Be the Vince McMahon of Ring of Honor and AEW. That's all you need to do. You can have final say. That's fine. But you, you don't have to book both of it. That's just how I would go about doing it. So if the deal goes through with uh, HBO Max and Time Warner, AEW's library is only three or four years long. Uh, they have four pay-per-views a year. So even at four, that's 16 pay-per-views. You have a Dynamite every week. You've had uh, Rampage going for a few months now. Even so, you don't have as much uh, backlog of catalogs that you would like or what you would need to fill a streaming service. Ring of Honor has that between Ring of Honor TVs, Ring of Honor pay-per-views, shows that they've, uh, specials that they put on, you know, that they've recorded. You have enough there to book your own type of network and your own subcategory within HBO Max that will bring fans to HBO Max. There's some out there that maybe not have HBO Max that would love that catalog. I love Ring of Honor's old matches. Honor Club, which was their version of the network, was terrible to try to navigate. They did a deal with Fight TV to have it on Fight TV, and it was just it it was terrible to navigate. You couldn't get a lot of the older uh, pay per views on it. You couldn't get a lot of the older TVs on it. It only went back, I think, five or six years. Like it was it was very difficult to navigate, and so I I canceled it because of it. Nothing against Ring of Honor, but you know I wanted to see. The matches of uh, Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe. I wanted to see Nigel McGuinness. I wanted to see these stars back in the day when Steve Carino was there. I wanted to see this type of Ring of Honor. That's what I wanted to see, the old school Ring of Honor. And so now with him purchasing this and him having that back catalog, if they put this on HBO Max, 
the people who want to see this will go to HBO Max and they'll pay that to be able to watch it. I have HBO Max already, so you've already got me, but that just that hypes my excitement for it, knowing that I can watch these matches from this company and that company, you know, AEW and Ring of Honor, bringing that them back catalogs of matches that I want to see again. It's fantastic, and it's a great time to be a wrestling promoter. Nobody has done this since, you know, Vince McMahon bought WCW and ECW, so Tony Khan didn't lie on that. You know, this is probably the biggest thing that's happened. Um, Impact was never able to purchase anything. There have been works with, you know, other companies and stuff, so that has helped, and that has helped different multiple companies, but nobody has made this big of an effort to, to I guess, quote-unquote, battle the WWE. AEW's not in direct war with them. WWE is, is the pinnacle. It's the, you know, the the top echelon of professional wrestling. And I know people that'll say, you know, well, that's that's not right. What are you talking about? AEW? No. When people think of pro wrestling, they think of the WWE or the WWF. They, that's what they think of. It's like Kleenex. It's like Q-tip. It's like Jacuzzi. It, it, you know, it's these, it's like the UFC. It's these products that are a name brand of a certain product but people associate that name with the entire product. If you go to someone and you say, I'm a pro wrestler, they'll be like, oh, you mean like a WWE or a WWF? That's what I mean. They're going to picture that. So AEW is the number two in the country for sure and number two possibly in the world, but they got a long way to go if they actually want to compete with what WWE is doing. This is a huge step in being able to get a catalog and being able to broadcast and to bring more eyes to it. Will it work out for them? I don't know. The deal with HBO could more than likely cover what uh, the purchase of Ring of Honor is. And anything after that would be profit depending on how that deal is structured and when it comes to fruition. AEW has made money. They're not you know, a billion dollar company. They're not getting billion dollar deals like the WWE did with Fox or Peacock or anything like that. But they're on their way and they're still a young company. They're only four years old going on five. It's a very young company. And they've done well in the time frame that they've been here. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this good is. We'll see how this purchase of Ring of Honor by AEW fixes uh, and helps AEW long. And we'll see how it goes with Ring of Honor. Because Ring of Honor is supposed to have a show in April. And I'm pretty sure Tony Khan's still going to do that show. But it's interesting to see how the uh, production of it's going to be. Where it'll end up. If it ends up on another station. If it ends up on a, a you know a Time Warner station somewhere um, like a True TV or something like that, or you know who's coming back, who's going to be a part of it, what surprises we're going to have, it's going to be a a fun time and it's a great time to be a wrestling fan as I've always said. So just keep your eye out and I'll keep you posted on any news that I know about that comes forward and any rumors that are popping up about this. So thank you all again for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for following. Anywhere you listen, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave me a rating or review if you can. It really helps the channel out. Follow me on Twitter at NerdPoolPod. I am on Instagram at NerdPoolPodcast. I am on Twitch at NerdPoolGaming. Also, before I go, um, this time of the year, you guys know, I participate in a walk MS event in my hometown every year in memory of my mother for the past few years. And it, it, the... The walk is sponsored by the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. Uh, the money that's put forth goes to helping find, bring awareness, find cures, treatments, and helping give uh, medical assistance to those with multiple sclerosis that need it. Um, I'm asking for any kind of donations, and I know I, I hate to ask for money, you know, like, but none of this is going to be. This is not 
support me or financially in any way. All this goes straight to charity. Um, I will put a link in. I'll pin a link on my uh, Twitter page. I'll I'll put a link in my Instagram page. I'll probably try to drop a link here. But if you could donate, it would be a fantastic thing, and it would you know really help me and really really just warm my heart to know that that you care enough to help people that are put in this position and it helps a great charity out so if you can do that please do thank you all again and again to the family and friends of scott hall um i send my condolences and i send my prayers rest in peace scott hall you know it's 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 rough but you're not in pain anymore and i and you're in a better place so until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya.